This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. This is the Totally Useless Information Podcast with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. And today we'll check out the wild world of animals. We'll explain what you dreamt about last night. Information about fashion. News, history, and of course, the mailbag. Listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 21. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. More people get totally useless information from our show than anywhere else in the world. We're not calling you animals for listening to us, but thank you for listening. Yes, we are. We pretty much call them animals, Nick. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you're animals of, <laughs> of totally useless information, you bunch of animals. Elephants have cool ears. They have big ears, as we know. One of the cool many things that an elephant's, elephant's ears can do is cool them down. Blood flow into the ears carrying heat out of the body and cooler blood re-enters the bloodstream, reducing the effects of heat. And of course, by flapping their ears, elephants can reduce their body temperature by as much as 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. And you know how wrinkly their, their skin is? You know, just like our skins are wrinkly, I think it's a good thing because the wrinkly skin can also keep the animal cool by trapping and retaining moisture longer than smooth skin. So... Having wrinkled skin is okay, so I don't mind my wrinkles. Do you mind your wrinkles? Um, no, Botox took care of that. <laughs> <laughs> my wife said to me, you should get Botox in between your um, your eyes, the crow's feet or whatever the hell they call that. I don't know what the hell. So she goes, uh, the, the H or something. It's called, I don't know. So so she says, you should get Botox. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to have somebody stick a needle. I don't like a damn needle for a vaccination. Nevertheless, sticking them in my eyes and sh I don't want it. You know how tree hugging hippies always talk about how you know extinctions of our planet and our animals I'm sorry, excuse and, me excuse well, me did you say tree hugging hippies i said tree hugging Look hippies at all the pretty trees i just want to hug <laughs> them you know, she's been hiding. I have, I didn't see her in a long time, but I figured she was hiding behind one of those trees she's hugging. Yeah, that sounds like a tree-hugging hippie to me. Well, listen, they're always saying extinction. The planet's going to be extinct. The animals are extinct. Well, stick this in your trunk and smoke it. Every year, fifteen to 20,000 new species are discovered. At this rate, we'll run out of food, we'll run out of space, all because of these damn tree-hugging hippies. <laughs> it's funny how you mentioned the word trunk, and we were talking about elephants in the previous segment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Either that or J-Lo. 
<laughs> I love Jello. Oh, J Lo. Armadillos always give birth to four identical quadruplets. They are produced from a single egg, which splits in four, meaning the babies will be the same gender. Armadillos are able to delay implantation of the fertilized egg at times of stress. Maybe now during this pandemic. It can hold on to the fertilized egg for up to two years. But then when it does give birth, it gives birth to quadruplets. That is cool. See, folks, you learn stuff here. This is great. Snakes are one of the few animals that eat dead, decomposing animals. Most animals see something dead and they, they, they shy away from it because they're afraid of getting sick. But not snakes. While digesting the bloated dead animal, that the animal that they ate releases methane and hydrogen gas in the stomach of the snake. The snake will occasionally get ready, burp, fire. Now, I was thinking about this. That's probably where the expression fire-breathing dragons came from and so on and so forth. But the snakes can actually burp flames out of their mouth because of the methane and hydrogen gas being released. Me, I released that gas from a different area. (laughs) And I look like a rocket ship. (laughs) You know what happens when someone's afraid of snakes, right? They're reptile dysfunctional. (laughs) They have reptile dysfunction. (laughs) They they suffer from reptile dysfunction. There you go. I was Mm -hmm. at the local park the other day. It was really nice up here in Toronto, which is where I am. And Roy's down in uh, in Naples, Florida, actually in Fort Myers. Uh, And I recently noticed that some of the ducks had their head tucked under their wings. One eye was closed and one eye was opened. So you know what they were doing? They were sleeping. Ducks' brains. Oh, I thought they were getting stoned. No, but go ahead. <laughs> no, what, what is what's that called? The hot boxing or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> listen to me being all. Listen to me being all lingo. Sure. Uh, ducks' brains are. Nick got street cred. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I wear my jeans halfway down my hips. You know that. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the uh, the rapping art, the rapping cellist, Yo Yo Mama. Duck's brains are split <laughs> in half, with one half controlling one eye and the other half of the brain controlling the other eye. So it's entirely possible for them to turn off half their brain to rest, while the other half remains alert for predators. Kind of like what we do here on the show, except we're always thinking with half a brain. Ducks only fully rest both mm-hmm. halves if they're in a large group where others can be on the lookout. So if they're in a group, they just completely shut both eyes. But if they're alone, one eye is open. That's how they sleep. Wow, it's cool. From time to time, we say cute things on this show that just can't help but be noticed. When polar bears meet each other, they touch noses. Now, isn't that cute? Mm, Yeah. Okay. They also sniff each other's rear ends. And then touch noses. Now, that's not so cute anymore, okay? So, <laughs> scratch it. Not your behind. <laughs> so, do they have, like, polar bear uh, dating sites where they, uh, they um, instead of swiping left or swiping right, they touch their noses? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? You think your nose don't stink? Giraffes are not able to cough. Uh uh-uh. uh. Giraffes cannot cough because their neck is too long. So when they go to the doctor, you know, for a physical and the vet asks them to turn their neck and cough, they can't. 
So maybe because the giraffe's lungs are far away from their epiglottis. Coughing is a result of the combination movement of lungs and epiglottis. Because they're far apart, giraffes cannot cough. Cool. Alpacas. Have you ever seen an alpaca? It's kind of like a llama, a real hairy llama. Well, alpacas, they're nasty animals, and they get ticked off very easily. So they're known to show their anger by spitting at people that piss them off. Yeah. (laughs) They spit at them. They're like, I curse your shoes, you batard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right in my eye. Now, that's an alpaca. But if I had a pet llama, Uh I would name her Dolly. (laughs) The Dolly Llama. (laughs) Well, hello, Dolly. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, welcoming listeners from all over the world, including Oakville, Canada, Los Angeles, California, Blackpool, United Kingdom, and Houston, Texas. Welcome and thanks for listening. And now it's time for Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy as they present Dreams. Wake up. Wake up. Dreams. Since you're awake, you might as well go first. Oh, okay. Scientists have studied bad dreams or nightmares, as they're known, and they seem to begin at the between the ages of three to six years old and decrease markably by the age of ten. They're not sure why. Have you ever dreamt of a waffle or eating a waffle? Well, if you have, it indicates that you need to come down from your lofty ideals and approach life from a more pragmatic perspective. The dream may also be a metaphor that you're waffling or undecided over some matter. I think that's what it says. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mm -hmm. To dream that you're waffling over a topic suggests that you need to think things more clearly and to learn to express yourself with more assurance and conviction. Did you ever have a dream that made you scream for real and like wake up out of the dream because it was so horrific? Well, there is a name for it. It's called night terrors. They are brought on by intense fear. If you've ever dreamt of an empty wallet in your dreams, it represents financial worries. Alternatively, it refers to an emotional void or inner emptiness. Dreaming that someone gives you a wallet with money in it means that you're looking for acceptance. Yeah, I'll accept that wallet with money. Scientists believe that eating late may bring on nightmares. I got a lot of nightmare stuff here. Because digestion creates an increased brain activity while you sleep. Not for us. Nothing increases our brain activity. <laughs> uh, actually, it makes me dream. If I eat late at night, I just dream about eating more. <laughs> what if you dreamt that you're having a nightmare? Mm, I guess you do dream that you're having a nightmare because a nightmare is a dream. You're very confusing. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, if you... you have very confused dreams. <laughs> well, because I, I dreamt of a waffle. I'm waffling. To see water in your dream, it symbolizes your... Nick, Nick, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this. You're not dreaming. Your life is a nightmare. <laughs> oh. 
Why, thank you. Wow, after 40 years of friendship, you do know me. To see water in your dreams symbolizes your subconscious and your emotional state of mind. It's also symbolic of spirituality, knowledge, healing, and refreshment. To dream that water is boiling suggests you're expressing some emotional turmoil, and you need to let out some steam. And now you can go and have a cup of tea. Wow, cool. Scientists have found that dogs may actually dream more than humans. So I thought about this and I said to myself, what do I think that dogs actually dream about? And I thought they probably dream about like driving a car and going, hey, this isn't that hard. You know, this is easy. Or maybe they dream about, you know, somebody's hairy leg. I don't know, but dogs dream more than humans. Very good. Yeah, maybe they dream of a, of a tailpipe. They probably dream of the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. If you see wax in your dream, as opposed to in your ears, it indicates there's too much activity going on in your life. You need to slow down and take a breather. To dream that you're waxing something suggests you're ready to move forward in some project or endeavor. You have gained the approval of those around you. Now, not that kind of waxing, like where they rip the hairs out of your... Uh, out of your skin. We're talking about like mm. candle wax. I had a dream of Mrs. Miyagi saying to me, oh, wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to, oh my gosh. If you would like to send us an email of complaints or anything else, uh, send us send us a self-addressed envelope. No, go to our website, www.nickandroy.com. That's nickandroy.com. What happens tomorrow is history. Yeah. To keep the apartment warm, Picasso was forced to do the unthinkable and burn a huge amount of his artwork. Picasso's family lived in a small, poor apartment, possibly with just one bed. The nocturnal artist got his creative juices flowing at night and slept during the day. Even though Picasso arrived in Paris at the time of the Belle Epoque, the Belle Epoque, Epoque? Uh, who cares? It's French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he arrived a at a very... on all of them. A pox, right. <laughs> it was a period of great economic prosperity, okay? We'll put it that way. He experienced severe poverty, <laughs> cold, and desperation, so he burned a lot of his artwork in order to keep his apartment warm. Oh, Wow, that's pretty sad. Could you imagine if he knew what they would be worth years later? Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll burn his ass. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who is the wealthiest man in history? Picasso. No, no. That idiot couldn't even stay warm. <laughs> Augustus Caesar, son of Julius Caesar, was the richest man in the world by far. In fact, they would value his worth right now today at $46 trillion. Ooh. Now, I think the Ooh. richest man in the world has $190 billion, $190 billion or something like that. Mm -hmm. This man would have $46 trillion. Okay, Jeff Bezos, your pocket change. Okay. <laughs> I thought to myself, how do you get $46 trillion? It couldn't be revenue from selling his salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe all politics are crooks. 
<laughs> I'll go with number two, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> $46 trillion. Commutation. If you were drafted during the American Civil War, you could legally pay someone $300 to go in your place. The Enrollment Act, enacted March 3, 1863, was known as the Civil War Military Draft Act. It was legislation passed by the U.S. Congress during the American Civil War, of course, to provide fresh manpower for the Union Army. So commutation, which is paying $300 to escape the draft, and $300 being equivalent to approximately $50,000 in 2018 dollars, was created to keep substitution prices low. The rationalization behind commutation is that unwilling troops were ineffective because if they don't want to be there, then they're not going to be effective. So the government might as well extract funds from the unwilling if it got poor service. So commutation, imagine paying $300. You know what? Here, here's 300 bucks. You still, you go for me, okay? Nick is like Gandhi. He finds like the nice things. Well, it's kind of like, no, Nick, it's criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, people will pay really more is. for someone to stand in line when the latest iPhone comes out. Come on. Ah, true, true. Exactly. Well, Alexander the Great created the largest empire that the world has ever seen. He died when he was 32. He fell ill for 12 days and seemingly passed away. After the sixth day, though, after they thought he was dead, his corpse had no sign of decay. They usually, I guess, would sit there and watch and say, okay, that person's getting all blue and gushy and blowing up, and so let's put them in the ground, you know? But Alexander the Great looked perfect, but they said, ah, let's bury him anyway. Doctors nowadays say that he may have had a disease called Julian Barr syndrome, and that he was probably actually buried alive. He was just in a slight type of coma. That's why he wasn't decaying and getting all like, you know, uh, blue and all gushy. So they threw him in the ground. He was probably alive. And, you know, this guy really, Alexander the Great? I don't know about that. <laughs> Alexander the Sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Yeah, he wasn't maggot food. No, no. The Eiffel Tower, which you know is in your favorite part of the world. Where is it? Where is the Eiffel Tower located in? Liechtenstein! No. <laughs> in France, of course. But the if Eiffel... I had it my way, it'd be in Liechtenstein. Well, almost, because the Eiffel Tower was originally intended for Barcelona, Spain. Well, But the project was rejected by the Spaniards. So believe it or not, the Eiffel Tower was originally supposed to be in Barcelona. But thinking that the thing would end up looking like an eyesore, they said no. Gustav Eiffel, no thank you. He was forced to repitch the project elsewhere. Luckily, Eiffel found a home for his idea in old putty. Yeah, because the, they probably said, we don't need your stinking tower. <laughs> <laughs> Ole. When you think of pirates, Nick, who do you think of? Um, what's that actor's name? Hold on. Uh, Johnny Depp. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you see? You see what happens, folks? <laughs> I'm like the duck with half a brain. Come on. See what happens when you get an education in the Bronx in New York? <laughs> Allegedly, yes. Well, anyway, okay, you think of Johnny Depp, which is a little strange, but okay, I, I, I think of like Blackbeard and you know, and things like that, the Jolly Roger flag, and a, a, a guy with a, like maybe a parrot and a hook, <laughs> yeah, that's what I and think a patch of. over his eye. Exactly. 
But did you know the greatest pirate of all times was named Ching Shai? And she was a woman. If you take anything from this show, this is a good one. A little Chinese woman, in fact. She was a prostitute that was taken on board a pirate ship by the commander of the Red Flag Fleet. She proved to be the fiercest fighter of the fleet. And when her significant other, or whatever you want to call him, passed away, she became the leader and grew the fleet to over 300 ships and thousands of pirates underneath her. So Chin Shai wasn't so shy. She was probably... <laughs> <laughs> no, Chin Shai or Chin Shi. Might have been Chin Shi. I don't know what the pronunciation is for S-H-I-H, but I think it's shy. Chin Shai. Not, let's say it's shy because it's it sounds better when you say she wasn't shy. Right? Because then you'd say she yeah, wasn't she. That's why I did it. I did it for the comic relief, but it might be Chin Shi. It might be B from Broccoli. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, send your complaints to www.nickandroy.com. The Statue of Liberty, so the Statue of Liberty was originally meant to go to Egypt, not the United States. The Statue of Liberty was originally meant to look like an Arab peasant and to be at the entrance of the Suez Canal in Egypt. And her flame was to symbolize the light she was bringing to Asia. So even though it was Bartoli who, who you know, created the Statue of Liberty, but believe it or not, it was Gustav's Eiffel's framework that was part of the Statue of Liberty. So this Eiffel guy couldn't catch a break. He couldn't get rid of his Eiffel Tower. He wanted to give it to Spain. They said no. And his metalworks of the Statue of Liberty was supposed to go to Egypt. They said no. But it wound up in the United States. Eiffel turned around and said, hey, Bartoli, look at what I got erected here. <laughs> it's the ult- it was the very first director set. I play it with my Eiffel Tower. Okay, Julius Caesar <laughs> declared himself ruler for life, which angered the hell out of the Roman Senate, who said that was not legal. It was unconstitutional. I don't know if they said the word constitutional, but they said this is bad. So they devised a plot to assassinate him. Literally, Brutus, who was a senator, he was one of those guys that said, if you want to get something done, you do it yourself. (laughs) Okay. So he went ahead and he uh, got the job done by stabbing Caesar. But he was one of those sloppy assassins because he was a senator. And again, all politicians are crooked. But he stabbed Caesar 23 times. Just to make sure, you know, (laughs) after about the fifth or sixth time, he said, "Eh, maybe another, another, just one. one I didn't get him in the leg, a couple in the arm, you know, I mean, (laughs) 23 times that he had to stay there a while to do that. You know, he wasn't exactly like hiding this, I guess. He was like, hey, everybody, look at what I'm doing. (laughs) 16, 17. (laughs) Higher, one more, just one more. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, welcoming the listeners from all over the world, including the Netherlands, Bangladesh, India, and Germany. What's one of the cities in Germany that you know? (laughs) Liechtenstein! Useless. Holding a remote key fob to your car, if you hold it next to your head, it increases its range. 
because the water in mm -hmm. your brain acts as an amplifier. If you mm. touch the remote to your head while pressing the button, you can unlock your car from a further distance. For even better results, hold it under your chin and then open your mouth. Really? Yeah. Could you imagine what happens if you stick it up your... Uh, <laughs> your um... No, then the headlights come on. And then... <laughs> Starts itself. It's a remote start. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had remote start. <laughs> yes, on those cold winter mornings in Toronto, just stick the key fob up the old poop chute and you can automatically start your car. That's crazy. So, that if, is crazy. If you'd like more information, once again, our website is www.nickandroy.com where you can send us an email. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Yeah, that was that was kind of scary. Uh, the old remote control up the up the tailpipe. Sticking <laughs> <laughs> in your tailpipe. Okay, mailbag. This letter is from Paul, and Paul is from Princeton, New Jersey, home of Princeton University. Cool. Mm -hmm. Hi, Paul. Hi. Uh, Paul says, I want to thank you guys for helping me and my wife, Patty. So it's Patty and Paul through the coronavirus during these long lockdowns. Guess what? They're locked down again in New Jersey. So, Paul, I hope you left a few episodes. Uh, Paul said that during the um, during the lockdowns, we found your podcast and we heard all 50 episodes that you guys, 50, he wrote, we, we heard all 50-something episodes. You guys are great. Keep it up. Wow, that is really nice. And thank you, Paul and Patty. We hope that um, we've helped other people, too, through the crazy times with a little laughter and really a little knowledge because we really don't give a lot of knowledge, do no, we? we don't. But I think it's, I think it's very nice that um, during this pandemic, I feel like uh, it was a crazy year, 2020, and, and that's nice to know that we might have given back something. So thank you, Paul, thank for bringing you. that up, and thank you, Patty, and we hope that other people uh, did the same. www.nickandroy.com, in case you're sitting there lonely and want to hear something funny, get on, baby. <laughs> so where, what part of New Jersey were they from? Princeton, <laughs> Princeton so, New Jersey. So you're telling me that Peter and Patty from Princeton – during the pandemic, listen to the podcast. Well, if his name was Peter, it actually happened to be Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where's okay. Mary? That Peter was great, great alliteration, <laughs> yeah. Nick. Thank you. So Paul and Patty, you might want to pause the podcast during the pandemic in Princeton. It's preposterous. <laughs> What's in the mail? Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. All right. So a brand new, uh, one of the newest topics actually have here is fashion. And thanks to you, the mainly the female audience who suggested, hey, you guys should do some fashion. During the 1860s, dresses were so wide. Do you remember how wide those dresses were, right, from the 1860s yes. in the old movies? They were so wide that yeah, women... Do you no? Do you remember? Yeah, do you remember? I remember the eighteen sixties. 
the dresses in the 1860s were so wide that women were often stuck in the doorways. Mm, yeah. That's a problem. And the men were just pushing, pushing them through, so to speak? Yes, they were. I believe they literally had frames built underneath the dresses. Yes. Probably by Eiffel. <laughs> he erected them. <laughs> yeah, he wrecked them all right. French. All right. These fashion items are sold by the millions. Yeah. But first appeared in Deutschland, Deutschland, Eba, Alice, and Liechtenstein. In 1586 in Germany, these fashion items that are now sold by the millions first appeared in 1586. You know what they were? Fashion magazines. Oh. The first fashion magazine, 1586, Germany. When I think of fashion, I don't think of Germany. I think of them damn French, to be very honest. <laughs> you know? Although I do think of Heidi Klum, and she is from Deutschland. <laughs> Heidi Klum, I, I never, ever, ever heard you mention her name before. Is that the first time I've heard that? No. Not at all. No, no. The world's mm -hmm. longest wedding dress has a train that's 1.85 miles long. Okay. The, I'll repeat it. The world's <laughs> longest wedding dress. Okay. Has, okay. Well, listen, uh, yeah. listen, listen. Just to prove, just to prove to the um, the people and our, listen, our listeners, uh, my third item, because Nick and I never discuss what we're going to discuss. It was 1.85 miles long, correct? That's correct. So we have the same fact. Isn't that wild? <laughs> wow. So, yes, we never ever we, what we do is when we prepare for this show, first of all, I know you're shocked that we prepare for the show. But when we prepare, we just talk about <laughs> the, the topics that we're going to uh, talk about. So this week, of course, mm -hmm. it was uh, fashion. And um, what else did we do? We did history and everything. So we don't tell each other what the facts mm -hmm. are going to be. So I, I guess he and I picked the same fact. Now, do you also have in your information, Man. it required three miles of taffeta. Did you have that? No, I did not okay. have Okay, all right. Nope, nope. It had, so imagine this long 1.85 mile long wedding dress train. It required three miles of taffeta and 18 feet of lace to produce this one dress. Yeah, what I said at the end of what I wrote was the marriage probably lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not for 15 minutes. By the time they got to the end of the train, it was done. Yeah. I say to the guy that had a wife that had a 1.85 mile long train on her dress, I say to him, good, get married. Why should you be happy? <laughs> <laughs> so Nick wrecked my number three, so I'll go with my number two. Lots of things we buy increase in price throughout the years, correct? Yes. But since 1992, the price of clothing has actually gone down 8.5% since 1992, says a spokesman from communist China. Uh, the spacesuit worn by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were actually created by lingerie seamstresses. Whoa. They worked at Playtex, the makers of bras. One small step for bras and one giant leap for lingerie is what he should have said. Sure. Well, I guess the Playtex was was good because it made them stretchable. You know, I mean, yeah. you need you needed some uh, 
especially in in the uh, the the crotch area there. Uh, you know, you're climbing up and down ladders and so on and so forth. It's like a dance place. You need a lot of ballroom. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> All right. Well, since I already took your number three, or do you have another one? Yes, I do have one more. Okay. You go to a gym, and it like nowadays a gym is not what a gym used to be. Now you go to a gym, it looks like a damn fashion show. You know what Lululemon is, Nick? Yes. Yes. Well, it's like Lululemon fashion show, an Under Armour fashion show, maybe a Nike fashion show. Everybody's all dressed up with their fancy workout duds, you know. Mm -hmm. But did you know that the word gym? comes from the Greek word gymos, which means naked. Because in that time, Greek men worked out naked, sick, right? Yeah. Could you imagine, hey, George, can you spot me? <laughs> and he's holding the weights over here. Come on. Or can you help me stretch there, uh, Yorgi? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. No. You know? No. <laughs> you go for the damn bar bar of the weights and it's not? <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, I'm talking about that's where dumbbells came from. <laughs> so I don't know how many of you have done this, but have you ever looked closely at the zipper, at the little tab that you pull down? If you notice, Nick, 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 let me let me stop you. Yeah. If if you're fixating on zippers, I I I really question the whole thing. But go ahead. <laughs> you're you're going to freak out over this one. If you look at the tab of the zipper, now we prefer that you look at your own zipper. You don't zipper? go to someone else's mm -hmm. zipper and go, "Can I take a look?" Mm -hmm. If you look, there's the three letters YKK. On the yes, top of yes. the zippers. By the way, YKK is a really good zipper, but go ahead. Well, I'll tell you why. It's First of all, the YKK stands for Yoshida Kojio Kabushiki Kaisha, okay? Which roughly yeah. translates, and it's really rough, but it translates to the Yoshida Company Limited. YKK is the most popular zipper maker in the world. So the next time you look at your zipper, you'll know YKK. That's what it stands for. And, and honestly, I've I heard that years and years and years ago that YKK. And what's the name of the company? The name of the company is you're you're, you're testing my um, my Japanese, aren't you? Yoshida Kojio Kabushiki Kasha. Totally useless. You're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. So we've done. Um, Fashion, we've done history. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. It seemed like the animal kingdom had it in for Pittsburgh Chris and Holly Persick. An hour after Chris's vehicle broke down last October, his wife called to report a burning smell that was coming from her own car's engine. When she popped the hood, she found it filled with walnuts. More than 200 walnuts. An enterprising neighborhood squirrel had been storing nuts for the winter. They had chewed through the wire in Chris's truck for a good measure. While Chris eventually repaired his wire, Holly got temporarily enjoying the scent of roasting nuts. 
So, so basically, Chris's nuts were roasted by his car engine. Yes. And his wife was upset about that? Yes. <laughs> she, did she try to <laughs> caress his nuts? Or maybe dig in and get them out of there? Or did she try to put his nuts out? Or No, she ate them. In other news... <laughs> she ate his... <laughs> just roasted nuts. In other news, they say you need to make a strong first impression during a job interview. A young man applying at a Subway restaurant in Redmond, Oregon, did just that when his mother literally crashed his interview last October. While her mm. son was inside talking to the manager, the mother dozed off in the car and accidentally hit the gas pedal, sending the car mm. through the establishment's window. The crash happened just feet from where the interview was taking place. Thankfully, there were no injuries. No, it's their own fault, Nick, because subways don't have drive throughs <laughs> well, they, well, this one, well, you know what? This one in Redmond, Oregon, now has a drive-thru. Who was the person that went for the interview? Was it No Nuts Chris? <laughs> no, no. It's funny that both of these incidents happened in uh, in October. But anyway, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode. Listen, yeah, yeah, I... I I can't take the news anymore. You got this guy's mom. What the hell was she doing in the car to begin with? Did she drive, a, well, drive him there he, to the interview? Did. I guess she did. She fell asleep. The thing is, she had the engine running and, and she had the car in gear. I don't understand how that could have happened. Yeah. Right? So she dozed off. No, she fell asleep and she probably leaned forward and maybe hit the thing into drive and then it, it, it crashed right through the yes. front. And the the best was probably right after the incident, the kid says, well, did I get the job? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're working the drive through window. okay well yeah i guess the poor kid his job's prospects are right through the window anyway that's all the time that we have for this week's episode thankfully we will scour the internet far and wide for more useless information for you guys next week so in the meantime instead of chris roast your nuts (laughs) and tell a friend about the trend By sharing and subscribing and possibly driving your car through the front of a subway, which we don't recommend, but some people apparently do. So in the meantime, go to www.nickandroy.com and you'll be so surprised and happy you did. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening.